Father, with thanksgiving on our lips. Thanking you that, Father, that you saw fit, fit to let us see another day. We ask you that, Father, be with us. Grant us that which we stand in need of. And most especially, that, Father, I ask you to stand with me. That you may speak through me. That the voice that the spoken that Father may, my, may not be mine. The word that, may, that will be spoken that Father may not be my word, but they may be your word. Now that Father, I ask you, as I command myself in your hand, that you may do that for me, that we all may be blessed. In Christ's name, amen. Depart from the law. I'm going to sing a song. Old school song, they say. <laughs> There's a blessing 
in this As a blessing in this hour for you, although you can't see it, you sure can feel it. There's a blessing in this hour. For you, salvation is in this hour. For you, salvation is in this hour. For you. Although you can see it, you sure can feel it. Salvation is in this hour for you. The Holy Spirit is in this hour. For you, the Holy Spirit is in this house for you. Oh, yes, although you can see it, you sure can feel it. Holy Spirit. In this house for you. Holy Spirit is in this place, isn't it? Thank the Lord. We heard from the choir this morning Jesus is worthy. Sign me up. My hope is built. And my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. This morning, I'd like to thank my wife for supporting me and my son for coming out today. I was sharing with my wife before I left home that I, I don't know whether or not I'll be able to hold back my tears. <laughs> because my son is here this morning. My sermonette, <laughs> if you will, is divine intervention. You know, Jesus have always intervened in affairs of mankind. God have always been there. The Bible tells me that he's not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. And I'd just like to share with you what we have read already in Acts the ninth chapter in verses nine, nine, I'm sorry, 1 through 8. 
and saw yet breathing out threatening and slaughtered against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letter to Damascus to the synagogue that if he found any of his way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and certainly there shone round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the brick. And he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou shalt do. And the men which joined with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the herds, and when his eyes was opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. There's a story told about a young girl. A young girl swimming in the sea realized she was in danger when she swam, swam into a swell and others could not reach her. People watching in horror as they fought, as, as she fought to stay afloat. Then a remarkable sign was witnessed as an extremely tall man just appeared in the sea. Onlooker said it was like he was standing and not swimming. But as that would have been impossible for a human as they were way out past the seashore, he calmly scooped the girl up in his arm and walked effortlessly through the sea to the beach where he laid her down. Bystanders was more interested in checking the girl at that point. But when they realized she was unharmed, they tried to look for the men, and, they, and he was nowhere to be found. She was divinely rescued. Many stories have been told about miraculous things that have taken place in our life. If it happened to happen in your life, it happened to somebody else, and possibly someone here have gone through something that considered being miraculously. In this life, we will, fa we will face things that we have no control of. We call them trials. Everybody gonna have some difficulties in their life especially those of us who wear in the name of Jesus. Those unfortunate situations that attacks us simply because we profess that we are Christian. God promised to be with us and work through this experience. And even with those experiences, sometimes may appear negative to us, God works it out for our good. God said he will not leave us nor forsake us. It's, God, it's in him that we move and we have our being. He tells us that 
what we experience and all things that we experience work together for our good. So we trust in the Lord. And it's important for us to not lose that trust. Trust in him with all our heart. There was a man that I just read about. This man was a man that was born in Taurus, a city of Cilicia, known by the name of Saul, his Jewish name, which he received from his Jewish parents. It was in Taurus that Paul learned to speak and write the Greek language. He also learned the trade of tent maker. He was regarded, after, he was regarded by the rabbi as a young man of great promises. And the high priest was cherished concerning him as an able and zealous defender of the ancient faith. But we find this one thing about Saul. As I looked into that background of Saul, he was a little man. They said possibly that he was humpback. But this man had such hatred for the Jews that that he wanted to destroy them. Said he was so ill misinformed with Saul that he thought that he would that he would ought to do all he could against the name of Jesus. He breathed out threatening and slaughter. Breathed it out with a whole lot of emotion. He took it very personally. So he took action to go out, and, it, and, and he desired a letter from the, from the um, priest. During that time, the priest was the one who would resided over the um, Sahedrin as president. So he desired a letter from the priest that he may go to Damascus, that if he found any of the way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them to Jerusalem. And during that time, they were considered those who were followers of Christ was, uh, when they wasn't called disciples. At that time, they were considered to be the ones of the way. You know, Jesus talks about the way. In John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. And no man come to the Father except by me. So Paul's intention was to bring them bound into Jerusalem. Those who were driven from Jerusalem by persecution went everywhere, he said. They went everywhere preaching the gospel. Even under those conditions of persecution, they, went, they still went preaching the gospel. But I want to tell you something. You know, Jesus never leave his people alone. Bad intentions oftentimes can be turned around for good. A strange occurrence was about to take place in Saul's life. He didn't even know about it. Acts 9th chapter and the third verse said, As he joined and came near Damascus, and certainly there shined round about him a light from heaven. The persecutor was about to meet Jesus. You know something? <laughs> when Jesus comes in your life, some people kind of strange. Your action might be strange to some people. But when Jesus cleans you up, you know, 
He put you on a different course. The attitude that you had before, you don't have the same attitude. The envy that you had before, you don't have that. The anger that you have, you don't have that no more. Because Jesus has came on the scene. And I can claim as Jesus said, and Paul said, it's not I that live, but Christ that's living within me. What have taken place? A conversion has taken place. The persecuted met Jesus as he was set out to persecute the church. You know, it's interesting to realize that when you meet Jesus, not always behind the doors of the church. <laughs> Jesus meets you where your circumstances is. You can be out on the street. You can be uh, in some unwanted place where people wouldn't even suspect that the Lord would be there. You can be caught up. And oftentimes, people are caught up in their habits. And oftentimes, we are knocked low. And sometimes, sometimes we have to be brought down in order for us to listen to the Lord. He has to do that for us. Sometimes we, um, we find Jesus in our sickbed. Sometimes we find Jesus in some unfortunate situation that might cause you to end up in prison. Sometimes it can be a loss of a loved one. And then it can be some mishap as a result of your children going astray. But Jesus is always there to lift you up. All you have to do is call on his name, and, he re and he's right there. He will use any circumstances, any circumstances that get our attention. Jesus is not responsible for all the things that come upon us. All the things that happen in this world, Jesus is not behind all of that. But he used that to save us. Says he's not willing that any should perish at all should come to repentance. The Lord want to save us, and he have always entered, as I said, the affairs of men to bring salvation to us. You know, um, when the light shined round about Paul on his way to persecute those who was followers of Christ, the Bible said he fell to the earth. It was a strong light that caused him to physically fall to the earth. And not only did he fall, he heard a voice. A voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecute thy me? The persecuted, as I said, was about to be converted. Who art thou, Lord? You know, it sounds to me that like... Uh, Paul have heard this voice once before. Who art thou, Lord? I think about Stephen when he was being persecuted. I'm sure that he saw a flash of light flash across him when he was being persecuted, you know. So he was reminded again that this must be God. Once again, face to face with divinity. The flesh, uh, the flesh that came to Stephen, the one who was being martyred, I'm sure that came across his mind. The I am has spoken. Jesus said that he's the I am. The I am, not only the way, but it says, neither is there any other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. There's no salvation in any other. 
Paul had to be made aware that the Lord always come to aid his people. God always come to aid his people. He doesn't leave us alone. I know sometimes we might think that we're alone. But the Lord has two missions that, uh, that he was going to accomplish this day. One of them was to open our eyes of Saul. We had got caught up in um, a misinformed with the theology of that time. And then it was a mission to interrupt his mission the further uh, persecution upon his people. He trembled with astonished and said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? You know, when God calls you, he has something for you to do. <laughs> he doesn't call you just to be a, a member of a body, but he calls you to be an active part of the body. He called us to be, um, become unified, that we may work together, that those outside of him may see that there's a better way. Those outside of Christ may see that there's love amongst the members of the body. Amen. Three days that as um, Saul traveled towards his destination, I'm sure he connected with the Lord. Three days he was humble. The persecutor was converted. He was converted by divine intervention. There was no man that intervened and saw a light when a light shined upon him. That was divine intervention. That, that, that divine intervention was Jesus. You know, because of his reputation, and his reputation had gone before him, God had to prepare his disciples to meet Saul. He had to be prepared. Because they didn't know whether or not the man had, was putting on the front or not. <laughs> they didn't know. And so the Lord appeared to Ananias in a vision, in a night vision, that he may go out on the highway and that he would go to Saul. And as a result of going to Saul, the Saul's eyes would be open. And one thing that I, I gathered from that was when Ananias was convinced that God was working, there was a spirit of God that was working. He went to Saul. The Bible says he put his hand on him. Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thy Canaan has sent me, that thou may receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. divine intervention. I'd like to share another story with you of divine intervention. This story has to do with a man who was considered to be deranged. A man who was had a possessed with an unclean spirit. This the story is found in Mark the fifth chapter. And this man lived on the coast of the country of Gadarene. And when he came over on the ship, Jesus, when he came over on the ship, immediately there met him out of a tomb, a man with an unclean spirit. 
who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not even with chains. Because that he had been often bound with the feathers and chains, of the chains had been plucked asunder by him, the, and the feathers broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountain, and in the tomb, crying, cutting himself with stone. But when he saw Jesus, afore all, he ran and worshipped him. Like I said earlier, but when you see Jesus, you know, Jesus will make a difference. Here this man was, he had been put out of his home. Not only was he put out of his home, he was put out of the society. Whereas he made his board, uh, he lived in the graveyard. The man that, according to most of us, would be considered crazy. The man could not be contained. He was cutting himself. But when he saw Jesus <laughs> and cried with a loud voice and saying, What have I to do with thee? Jesus, thy son of the most high God, adjoin thee by God that thou torture me not. And he said unto him, Come out of the man, thy unclean spirit. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, and he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he sought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there were three nights unto the mountain. Now there were three nights unto the mountain, a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devil besought him, saying, Send us unto the swine, that they may enter into them. And forward Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirit went out and entered into the swine. And the herd and the herds ran violently down, violently down a steep place into the hill. There was about two thousand, and were choked in the sea. You know, um, when this man appeared on the scene, I can imagine. See, Jesus was all alone at this time because the disciples had made their board. They had left. They had left. Sometimes we don't know how to handle a situation when we meet face to face with the, with, with the demon. All we have to do is call on Jesus. Jesus is our helper. I had an experience uh, this past week where I was, I went to visit a place where it was, it was a halfway house where many of us had to go uh, as a result of their addiction to drugs. And I don't know uh, whether many of you have gone to a, a place where um, uh, people have been addicted to drugs, alcohol, or whatever the addiction might be. But sometimes it's, it's mandatory Sometimes, in some cases, for them to have to go through a program. And I'm going to tell you, if you have never been uh, close uh, to anyone or been into a program like that, it can be a challenging experience. 
We see people out on the street, you know, that in our neighborhood who walks around and needs some help all the time. People that's in programming that has no place else to go but to a program if the program would accept them. But when you go into a program, you got to be prepared for what goes on in the program because you, be, you become singled out as a specter, a specter in a program because many of the people in the program do not look like you. They do not look like you because of substance abuse. They do not look like you because they have abused themselves with some alcohol or some drug or whatever the element may be that caused them to be there. And so they're suspicious, they're suspicious of your presence in a place like that. They want to know what you're there for. And if you ask, ask them a question, they want to know what you're asking a question for. They want to know who you're seeking and what brought you there. You know. But I'm going to tell you, it takes boldness to do something like that. It takes boldness to go and stand up in places like that. It's not going to, it's not, um, you know, God calls us to stand up. You know, these times that we're living in, we're going to have to exercise some boldness. We can't be afraid. Now, we're saying that we trust in the Lord. You know, we're going to be tested whether or not we're trusting in God. We'll, we'll find out whether or not you're leaning not to their own understanding, you know, when you go to places like that. When you go out on the street, and I don't have to uh, talk about no other street other than the streets of Oakland. When you go out in the streets of Oakland, and out here on these streets, I think um, many of us is intimidated with the streets. You know. But I'm going to tell you, when you got God, there's nothing to be afraid of. Amen. I think about what David said. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For why? Because thy are with me. Somebody... You know, uh, people on the street need to so, uh, see those of us who are living in Christ. They need to see us that gives them hope. Amen. You know, a lot of the people out there in the streets don't even have no hope. Some of them don't have no place to turn to. But here we are. Some of us are afraid. <laughs> I'll tell you, share something with you about some young men who was not afraid. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. This is in Daniel, the first chapter. These men were not afraid. These men were taken into captivity, you know, but they were not afraid. We did, they have had their experience for us, that divine intervention, but they were not afraid. For they know that their God was with them. The first challenge that they had was food, had to do with food, eating from the king table. But they chose not to eat the food from the king table. They purposed in their heart not to eat, not to eat of the king's meat or to drink uh, the wine from, from the king table. Then said Daniel to Melzar, uh, whom the, the prince of the eunuch had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servant, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us posts to eat and water to drink. So Daniel had asked the king God to prove them. And after ten days, 
What do you think happened? After 10 days, they came out fatter and wiser. The Bible said, in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king required of them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers that was in all his realm. And Daniel continued even until the first year of King Cyrus. You know, the kings back uh, during that time, the God visited them in dreams. And they had, and Nebuchadnezzar during this time, he had a dream. The, the, the king uh, commanded to call the magicians, the astrologers, the soothsayers, the Chaldeans, but to show the king his dream. So they came and stood before the king, and the king said unto them, I have a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. The question was asked, and spake of the Chaldean to the king in, in Syria, O king, live forever. Tell thy servant a dream, and we will show the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldean, The thing is gone from me. If ye will not make known unto me the dream, with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces, and your house shall be made a dumb hill. But if ye show the dream and the interpretation thereof, ye shall receive of me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore show me the dream and the interpretation thereof. They answered again and said, Let the king tell his servant a dream, and we will show the interpretation of it. The king answered and said, I know of a certain that ye will gain the time because ye see the thing is gone from me. But if ye will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you, for ye for ye have prepared lies and corrupt words to speak before me till the time be changed. Therefore tell me the dream, and I shall know that ye can show me the interpretation. The child did an answer before the king and said, There is not a man upon earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore there is no king, lord, or ruler that has such things as a magician or astrologer or Chaldean. But God has such a man. God had such a man. And that man was Jesus. That man had a connection with divinity. That man had a connection with God. And so Daniel consulted with his God. And God revealed the interpretation of the dream. That dream has to do with the rise and fall of the world kingdom. All the way down to our time. As you see, God people have always gone through something. God people have always been challenged. God people have always became victorious because they depended on God. We're living in a day and time where we will be challenged and things is not going to get any better. Things are going to get worse for us. Things are not going to get any better. If we look around, we see the economy is bad. We see people that have lost their homes. 
And many of us is just, just hanging on by a thin thread. But I'll tell you that if we hold on to Jesus' hand, the most important thing for us is to hold on to Jesus' hand. Because whatever come up on this world, you know, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. This is not our final home, church. I want you to know that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us where there won't be no more sickness. I'm looking for that place. I'm looking for that city. That city where there's 12 gates. That city where, you know, we won't get up here on a Sabbath morning and have to announce that somebody has passed away. <laughs> that city where this Omar will put on immortality. That city where Jesus one day will, will come down through the corridors of the, of the sky and those who wait for him. The Bible said the dead in Christ shall rise first and we who are alive shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and we shall go back and reign with him. That city where it won't be no more crying and all tears will be wiped away. I think about that city. You know, when I came to this church, uh, been 44 years in September, 44 years ago, I never thought that I would uh, be one of the others, even in the pulpit, 44 years ago. I never thought that. But I've did. I had the boldness to do a lot of other things. And this morning as I came before you and I was wondering, Lord, I say, uh, you give me this sermon topic, divine intervention. You know, I need something that I, can, that I can share with the church on divine intervention. But you know, it's divine intervention that brought you here this morning. You woke up this morning because of divine intervention. It's divine intervention that keeps us as we travel through the day. It's divine intervention that we depend on because it's divine intervention that helps us and causes us to move and it's in him that we have our strength. It's divine intervention that's gonna save us in his eternal kingdom. I thank God for that divine intervention. God intervened in my life. And at the time, uh, my experience wasn't as dramatic as some. But I left home with, a, with an attitude. I had an attitude problem. You know, a lot of us have attitude problems. When you're young, you have an attitude problem. It's sad when you get old and you still have an attitude problem. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you that Jesus is here to change attitude. He has the power to change attitude. I'm told that 
As I said, it's not I that live it, but Jesus that lives within me. The attitude that I had, I once had, I don't have today. Because Jesus lives within me. I thank God for Jesus. Because with, aside from Jesus, there wouldn't, be, there wouldn't be no hope for me. If I hadn't connected with Jesus when I did, I probably wouldn't be here today. We talk about boldness, and we talk about holy boldness. You know, I did a whole lot of bold, of bold things when I was not in the Lord. And it's funny, it's, it's strange how when we accept Jesus, you know, we can't stand up and be bold for him. It's a text that, I, that I'd like to share with you at this time. It's found, it's found in uh, Mark, I believe the first chapter. That's what I get for trying to memorize <laughs> scriptures. <laughs> Depending on my memory too much, my wife was telling me uh, <laughs> before I left home, I need to write things down. <laughs> I said, Lord, I told her, I said, well, you know, I'm just going to go out here in the, in the Power and the strength of the Lord. <laughs> Whatever he put on my heart to say, that's what I would say. <laughs> but it pays, uh, it pays to write things down. I'm finding that more and more as I, as I get older. <laughs> they tell me that, you know, I'm from the old school. And I get referred to as old G a lot, you know. <laughs> so I don't recognize that, I, you know, I'm, I'm older. <laughs> I may not act like it sometimes, but I feel the pain. <laughs> but I just like to, um, I like to give, I like to open the doors to the church at this time. I like to give those um, you that may not have made your calling and election sure. Those who have not made that connection with Jesus, whether it's through uh, some miraculous experience or through someone knocking on your door and Jesus was behind that person knocking on the door, we'd like to open it, give you an opportunity to come to, come to the Lord at this time.
I'd like to share something with you this, this morning. And like I was telling you earlier, I didn't think I would be one of the elders up here on this pulpit. Now I find myself older than all the elders up here except one. And that's uh, Brother Roy. You know, I've been traveling a long time on this journey. And I'd just like to share a little song with you that reminds me of the fact that God has been with me in my travel. This song goes like this. They call me a, an old school guy, so what I remember is things that I was raised up on. And a lot of those uh, memories come back to mind. And one of these songs is one of the songs that I was raised up on. I've been traveling through the storm and the rain. I know the Lord, he hold my hand by the grace of my Lord, I, I come a long way. Mm, by the grace of my Lord, I, I come a long way. Oh, yeah. I could have been dead, buried in my grave. I thank the Lord. He made old death behave by the grace of my Lord. I, I come a long way. Mm -hmm. David said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I agree with David. <laughs> By the grace of my Lord, I, I come a long way. So we bow over here for prayer. Father God, we come to you, recognizing that every step of the way that we have gone, that you have been with us. Some of us, the Father, have traveled longer than others down life highway. Some of us, the Father, haven't been on the road that long. But in spite of the time of our travel, you have been there with us. You've been with us, dear Father. It makes no difference how long we've been on the way and how short our travel has been. You've been there for us, dear Father. We ask you, dear Father, that you would continue to hold our hand, guide our feet, dear Father. Give us strength, dear Father, that as we travel down life highway, that we, would that we would travel with you. 
that we will continue to hold your unchanging hand. And as we continue to hold on you, dear Father, that people may not see us for who we are, that each step that we make, we become changed that much more like you in your likeness. Our character may become transformed. So much so, dear Father, that, that as we travel, people may see a reflection of you in our life. And others, dear Father, may get a glimpse of you, just as Saul did when Stephen was being stoned, dear Father that you flashed across his face, dear Father. So we pray, dear Father, that you may reflect through us, that others may see that we have sit with you. And the person that we have sit with, dear Father, is the one that have divinely intervened in our life. But this is our prayer we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you.